Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everybody, and sorry we're late. I can't late today. That's because I'm just scoffing down my dinner, which was a uh, toasted peanut butter sandwich and a toasted jam sandwich. There you go. Um, food of the rich and famous. Well, not rich and not really that famous either. But I was recognised at the Moana Pacifica versus Fiji and Drua again this weekend. The uh, Drua media manager guys. Oh, I know you off you off Twitter. So, um, that was kind of cool. His photo on Twitter looks nothing like him in real life, which is why I didn't recognise him. So there we go. But that was a, that was a cool moment. And uh, joining me this evening, I've got Stephen. Any cool moments for you this last weekend? Well, probably not as <laughs> uh, not as cited uh, by recognition like yourself, Paul. Um, I've got I've, I've got to say, but I was about to say, I know times are tough, but really. Jam and toast and peanut butter on toast for dinner. Well, okay, <laughs> whatever it takes, um, I guess. But <laughs> the um, yes, yeah, so um, times are uh, are a bit tough. Um, the um, and uh, I'll be be totally honest with you, folks. I wouldn't have made the Moana Pacific game at the weekend if it wasn't for my parents paying for my petrol. So there you go. Um, it is a bit tight, uh, but hey, um, it's, it's not a uh, not 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 a show about um, Paul's financial um, and. Uh, mental health and situations um, at all. This is a show to talk about um, the old rugby. Um, now, I am also going to apologise. Over the next few weeks, I'll be missing a few games, um, as in not actually at the normal ones. I would be in person because I am working on the um, census. Some of those people who's walking around getting forms filled in um, for the next few weeks. So um, helping maintain one of the institutions that allows our, our, the fabric of our society to work, folks. Um, so, um, so yeah, so I won't be at as many games as I would like to over the coming over the next sort of four weeks or so. Um, but uh, hey, we do have a couple of interviews for you this evening. We've got the post-match interviews from Moana Pacifica versus Fiji and Drua. So both um, both captains and head coaches from those will play those um, this evening. Unfortunately, so far I do not have a media accreditation for the Six Nations, so I don't get post-match in, in, in post-match interviews from those games, unfortunately. But um, hey. Um, we'll see what we can do. What I've thought, though, and it only occurred to me in the shower, 
um, a few moments ago because I've been in pajamas all day. Um, back that whole mental health thing. But um, the um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I'm, I'll be, I think I'm going to get in touch with the um, Fiji Injury and see. Look, do they do Zoom call interviews? on a weekly basis for those overseas media. And if so, hopefully we'll be able to bring you a lot more information and coverage from um, the Fiji intro. They were a delight to watch uh, at the weekend, weren't they, Stephen? Oh, jeepers. Uh, talk about uh, almost barbarian-style football, wasn't it? It was almost uh, like the way uh, Moana Pacific started. You, you thought it was going to be a long day at the office with the draw, but uh, there was a reason they got off to that fast start. You always knew the way that the uh, Fijian Drua were, were basically going to move the ball around. And, of course, they uh, you were there live, but just watching through the uh, television, they certainly look like they've got some really big athletes that can uh, offload. So there'll be definitely an exciting watch in this 2023 uh, Super Rugby. You're switching on to your cricket, aren't you? It's 2020 cricket um, for the... Uh, well, perhaps we have got sped up rugby, and that's what Super Rugby is this year. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that game of the weekend, the first kick, kick at goal wasn't until the 68th minute. <laughs> it gives you an idea as to how both sides played it. Um, but that's me heading, diving straight into the games, which um, we shouldn't really do. Um, the uh, But, Stephen, so do you, what do you want to do? Do you want to start with Six Nations first or Super Rugby? Um, I, I, I suppose while it's, while it's pretty much... Uh, which much fresh on the mind. Well, I think we'll start with the uh, with the fight with the uh, six 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 nations they call it these days. Yeah, six nations they call it <laughs> these days because um, I, I, I suppose it I suppose it was around where we we all well we we, we knew probably uh, two of the results would be relatively predictable. I think if we look at it, uh, the rise and rise of, of Italy showed how competitive uh, they are and and. Boy, they really, they really made the Irish work hard for a win. Let's, let's just not get out and putting some very, very good teams away, away lately. Not Italy played very, very well. I suppose that's as good a place to start as well. Paul, uh, that was the, the first game of the weekend. Uh, um, Italy Ireland, um, good performance overall uh, from the the Italians. But we must also mention that the uh, the Irish wasn't their full strength team. And it just shows you that they have got a little bit of depth at the minute. Yeah, no, Ireland definitely used this game to create some depth and to give some of those players um, some, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking at, uh, yeah, so experience ahead of every World Cup. We remember what's happened to them in competitions, I mean, like 2007, no, 2015, 2007, one of those two, anyway, where um, Ireland had like four or five injuries and suddenly um, they went crashing out quarterfinal stages to Argentina to a big score. Why, Bill? Because they lost their key players, which didn't have the depth in place. So very important to give um, those those other players uh, game time. Also pretty important to give Sexton some, get um, get him out of the, the firing line and getting smashed up every weekend as well. Um, so I think uh, it was, um, yeah, a good game by them. Look, it was one of those games that um, you kind of think that Ireland are going to go uh, away with it and it's going to be an, uh, going to be, um, uh, going to be an easy one. But um, look, Italy um, did really, um, keep in this one. Um, they had to make a lot of tackles. I mean, they had to take more tackles than anybody else. And un unsurprisingly, that led to um, the most number of um, uh, of penalties um, as as well, which is unsurprising when you're under that much um, that much pressure. But still, only ten penalties. I think that's just to show how much pressure they're under. Oh, the island puts you under, and to keep it to uh, just ten is good. Um, 
if you look at uh, previous games where Wales against Scotland, look at 17 um, were um, there. Wales against Ireland, 16 uh, penalties. So look, I think for I think um, Italy uh, did uh, did well with that one. And remember, um, it wasn't really until the 71st minute that Ireland put this one to bed. It was still a one-score game up until then. So Italy um, showing some cracking um, rugby again. Um, the lowest kicking team in the round, and that's now been two rounds. They've done that. The previous, the opening round, they only had one more kick than the least. So they're the they're the team that plays it most with it, the, with sort of ball in hand. So um, one of the most exciting teams uh, to be watching play. Uh, but um, and Crowley doesn't think that they they're overplaying. But um, I think a lot of uh, if you're to look, look look at the game from a stat- statistical point of view. Um, people would suggest he's, he's, he's going against the trend, isn't he, Stephen? Yeah, oh, this is very much so. I, I think he's, um, I think he's obviously got the trust of the of, of the players now, um, and you know, and I think he's installed into this Italian team that listen, we can we can actually win games. It's not actually about being competitive, and you know, you you probably saw. Um, the disappointment in one of the, the, the previous games uh, that they went down and, uh, you know, you could just see how disappointed um, as a coach he was. And you actually saw that again from Crowley as well because there were opportunities there. You know, they like we said, they stretched Ireland that much that Ross Byrne actually took a penalty penalty shot at goal to stretch it out to, to 27, was it 27-20 in, yep. in the 65th minute. So it just shows you how much respect that the Irish were giving the the home side at that uh, point in time of the point in time of the game so listen it's great to see and they and listen they play they play a brand of rugby that's pretty easy on the eye as well I think they'll probably look back at this game and you know look at a couple of opportunities where I can remember one particular cross kick where it was it was over kicked it wasn't well too well weighted went over the sideline where maybe maybe they should have just kept the ball in hand and just trusted their systems for a little bit longer because you know you see these teams that can hold on to the ball for long periods the opportunities will come and they usually come on the flanks and look, in this competition now so sure Italy is zero from three but they've played the, the top two teams in the world in Ireland uh, and France they've also um, played England at Twickenham, which is a bogey team for them, where they got beaten up by the forwards. Um, Wales next at home, um, followed uh, by um, a trip up to Murrayfield to play Scotland. Uh, and look, Italy will think that they can get two wins out of that. Um, Scotland are playing very well, don't get me wrong. But um, Scotland will not beat them up in the same way that England did. Uh, it's a very different style of game. Um, and... Uh, It'd be, and that will be one of the most exciting games, I think, uh, of the Six Nations. So if you if you're looking at some um, uh, at making at getting up early for a game, then look that um, that Scotland Italy one in round five um, should be an absolute belter. It might not have that much on the line, but it'll be a cracking game um, to watch nonetheless. Ireland, we said they've gone through. Um, they'll be disappointed with the number of missed tackles there. Twenty-seven missed tackles. That's um, that is a lot. Um, from from them, especially as they made less tackles um, than Italy. So, uh, but they got a lot, of, got a lot of players um, to, to get experience. So, so look, they've got the win, and they can move on with that um, bonus point. Next up, Wales against England. Um, look, not the uh, not the best game to to watch. Wales again 
for the third week running, uh, have scored the fewest number of points in the, uh, the, the in the Six Nations. And England, for the third week running, have the worst kicking at goal. And when you think that Andy Farrell is the guy that's doing that kicking, that is an amazing stat. Here we have someone who is uh, kicking at goal was one of his strengths. It was a whole point of uh, one of the sort of hit hard tackling, kicking at goal, um, and basically just giving the ball for the players was what Andy Farrell was about as a um, as a, as, a, as, a, as a fly half. Um, and to be kicking like this is just not acceptable. Being the captain, though, um, he is he's not going to get dropped. Uh, but for my mind, I think it could be time for him to go um, because he, uh, against Wales, against Italy, um, they've got away with it. But um, to miss that many points um, is uh, in, in the long run is going to be losing the games, isn't it, Sim? Oh, very much so. In games where it's it's it can be tight, and there are times England are, are more prepared to, to to grind out grind out victories as as opposed as opposed to playing uh, um, some open open rugby. Listen, just a, a fellow who's come into the side, and I think he was playing about his 10th or 11th international uh, midfielder, Ollie Lawrence. So I was actually quite, uh, I was actually quite impressed um, with that combination of Lawrence and Lawrence and Slade, even though they, they didn't see a, a lot of ball per se, but when the opportunities actually to free backs on the outside, I thought they, they did things uh, mostly right, but um, in terms of the English English back one, you know, Freddie Stewart, who's a big fullback boy, he just goes from he, he's just the rock. He's just a rock at the back in the fifteen jersey. I don't know what part of um, yeah, just keep on kick, putting high kicks up to me all day. Uh, what sort of tactic uh, Wales were actually were actually uh, thinking at the time because he pretty much swallowed everything, and he's a pretty physical sort of player. Defensively, he's very good. And um, of course, I, I believe he picked up the meat of the match. So for me, he was one real highlight in this uh, in this particular uh, uh, English performance. Yeah, absolutely. And the um, we'll get back to the comments. In the, in the, there's some lovely comments in the live chat, folks. Um, I just want to cover off on something that, uh, follow up on what Stephen said there. I think the big difference between England and Wales at the moment is that I mean, both got brand new coaching structures. Um, both of them uh, have uh, has started off disappointingly, but with England, you can actually see that some, there is something to build on, right? There is a platform there to build a game from. Is there a game there? Are they the finished article? Not by a million miles, but you've got a good set piece. You've got a powerful set of forwards. Um, you've figured out your midfield combination for the first time in about a decade. Um, so there's, 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 there are the foundations there of something to build on. With Wales, the, the, unfortunately, they're, they're not looking good. They're old players who Gatlin tried to start off with are not producing the goods and not stepping up. Um, so you've got a whole bunch of young players coming in who um, now who just don't have the experience at this level. They're coming into a losing environment, uh, and they've and, and you look at, and you look at um, uh, what, what Wales have got. They've got Italy coming up. And, um, and then they've got France, right? France is a game they're going to lose. Let's be blunt about that. And Italy, they could lose that one as, as well. So they could end up with a wooden spoon here. Wales, really, uh, you, you, you're struggling to find any positives. There were positives in the opening game where they had opportunities, but they just they, they, the combinations were not there and they were dropping, game, dropping balls. Since then, though, there's not even that um, for Wales. And it's been two 
pretty dire performances. If England didn't turn over the ball, I've added an extra column here in turnovers, which I haven't been looking at before, because I noticed England made 21 turnovers in this game, which is nine by Wales. Um, and they missed, as I say, most of their kicks at goal. But um, they, uh, they left eight or so points out in the, out in the park there. They tried to keep Wales in this game, and Wales still never looked like winning. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a real sad place for, for Gatland, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, very much so. And, and, you know, the really scary thing about it as well, you know, some of their better performance are those veterans. You know, you, you look at the likes of, of Ken, uh, Ken Owens, the skipper, who's 30, 36 years old. Uh, Alan Wynne-Jones, 37 years old. Justin Tiprick is 33 years old. Lee Halfpenny at the back is 34 years old. They've got a real dad's army look about it. But, you know, to be fair, and, you know, uh, um, fully... Uh, Falatau, um, who's the um, Talopi Falatau, who's the, the number eight. I mean to say, those guys, gee, they've been around for a decade. Uh, some of those, some of those players, and you kind of look around. You know, there's uh, uh, Reece Samet, who's you know a, a, a good good footballer, but you know he's also probably a footballer who's probably lacking a little bit of confidence because he hasn't got a lot around him. And he's also been out injured as well. Um, coming back in, so it's going to take him time. I mean, one of the big differences between Wales and Scotland I saw previous the previous round was that when there was that offload near the line, uh, the Scottish players were expecting it and were there ready to receive it. Whereas you, 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 Kieran Dwyer, look, young player, um, lots of potential, but he, get, he just wasn't there, wasn't aware of it, wasn't expecting it, and that's those sort of connections just are not there for 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 that. Um, so that was that game there. Let's have a quick look at some of the, the comments in the chat. Um, now, I'm going to apologise straight away because my pronunciation uh, of names uh, is, 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 is appalling. Um, uh, is he Ayla Fatai? I think it is. Um, Stephen, do you want to correct me? Uh, that's a silly, a silly Fatai. Thank you. A silly Fatai. Um, thank you so much for your kind comments in the live chat there. Is there a way to get this New Zealand Sport Radio funded? Um, look, what you can do is you can go to patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio um, and you can make a monthly donation to um, the show. Um, to help us out with tech and petrol and stuff if you would like to. Um, um, we are very thankful to all the patrons um, who um, do that um, currently and have done for, for, for a number of years now. Um, but uh, look, we've tried uh, to um, to get in touch with Sky and people like that, and they, they're not interested. So, hey, um, we do our bit. We try and get along to games. I was one of only three um, reporters covering the uh, Moana Pacifica Fiji and Drua game. Um, so, look, uh, we, we try and provide that coverage that just the, 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 the um, uh, I hate using the term mainstream media because it's got all sorts of connotations nowadays, um, but that um, your, um, your stuffs and your New Zealand heralds and stuff like that who just don't have uh, a, and all your, your TV, TV um, news, uh, people just don't uh, seem to have the, the funds or budget or will um, to cover at the moment. Um, he says that Ireland uh, versus France was the game of the round. Um, it certainly was, and we'll be getting onto that um, in a second. Um, Simon Hughes, uh, he think he always thought that Kieran Crowley had been badly treated by um, by Canada in 2015. Yeah, well, Canada's got a history of that, hasn't it? Of badly treating its players and coaches. So, not really surprising there um, with that one as the, the mess up. And sorry if I got out Owen and Aaron and Andy um, mixed up there. Perhaps I'll just 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 say Farrell from now on. Um, and. Uh, uh, and, and, and that one. Um, and so he's saying, am I saying that Wales should be relegated uh, to the, the, the um, European Rugby Championship and replaced by Georgia um, or Portugal or Romania? 
Um, hey, maybe, maybe it's time for them to go. Um, Ireland. Yeah, we we apologise <laughs> to anybody from Wales tuning into the show. <laughs> well, we see. Look, if you if you persist with Italy, eventually they get it right. Um, so I think, I think actually, look, what, what's happening with Italy now? Actually, that was said tongue in cheek, obviously. Um, but what you can see happening with Italy now is exactly why they should not have been relegated in the past five or so years. Um, although they would not, this would they would not be in the situation they are now. Um, and I think that's. Uh, so, uh, to my mind, I think that yeah, they're, they're justifying that and shutting up a lot of people who have uh, bashed them um, in the past. There, with that one, go soon. Yep, I've got to be. I've got to eat a, a lot of humble pie on that as well. There were times uh, I really did wonder about the participation in the uh, Six Nations. What I didn't realise was the really, really good work that was going down at uh, at junior level and of course with their clubs and you can see how competitive their junior team is at the under 20 level as well we might have those uh, latest results for you as well because I believe they played the third round of the under 20s on the weekend but uh, before we do that we'll get on to the to what was the game of the round this morning Paul yeah, it was. Um, I got up and watched the first half before falling, falling asleep, having to watch the second half um, <laughs> recorded. Um, but, um, but Stephen, you got up and watched the watched the the, the whole thing, so you, you saw it live. Um, and again, another game that, um, whilst the scoreboard um, tells us it was an eleven point win, um, it wasn't until the um, the buzzer that this stopped being a one point game uh, and, and being a real close one. Oh, absolutely! And for once. Uh... I've got to say, despite there being two red cards, we're actually not talking about those particular cards because both cards were, were deserved at the end, end of the day. It was helter-skelter. And, you know, and just very quick before we go on, red cards don't ruin games, folks. It was a cracker. Well, probably because <laughs> both teams, we were still numerically even, should I say, we're both teams. But, you know, even, even though France got out of the blocks, you just had a funny feeling if Scotland could stay in the fight, I just suspect they, they probably were the fitter and, and more mobile team. But at the, at the at the end of the, at the end of the day, really, it just came down to uh, um, just being able to take those opportunities inside the twenty, inside the uh, red zone. I'll go to uh, we've got our own rugby chat line and uh, uh, John John O'Connor, our uh, learned South African, who uh, appears on the show. Every every now and again, pretty much made the, made the point about uh, uh, France's actual superpowers, their conversion rate when they get in the, the red zone, and the, he definitely made the mention that they are ruthless, and that's very much so. That's what it came down to because if Scotland had taken their opportunities, um, this result could have been completely different. Yeah, but look at that. It's um, again another one of those. Uh, it was one of those ones where uh, you see for me France kind of had this one always uh, under, under control. That their bigger forwards were always getting over the gain line, whereas Scotland were struggling at times to get over that gain line uh, and, and were losing the ruck um, some uh, more frequently than the, the France. France really looked after that one. And you can tell that by the number of turnovers. There are seven turnovers for France, 17 for Scotland. It shows that Scotland weren't uh, able to look after the ruck um properly or as well as they want to now uh, it doesn't help when you've had to substitute take your seven off um, in hamish watson um uh early on um because of that um 
uh, because of the uh, um, uh, because of the red card, I think it was. So he he left um, pretty uh, pretty early. Now he's only coming back from injury, so I can understand why he was the guy that was sacrificed. But and he's seventy guy. I mean, one of the, another thing that John will tell you is your open side flanker. His job isn't stealing the ball. His job is looking after your ball. Um, and uh, Scotland really missed that um, this uh, this 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 morning. Um, the, um, uh, the 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 French defence fantastic. And you see, look at the. the um, Scotland only made three line breaks um, in uh, this uh, entire game. Uh, and when you think they made eight line breaks against England to be the most line breaks in, in round one, they can do that. They can open up teams, uh, but they uh, they struggled in this one. Um, the, uh, the some of the um, and, and, and some of the stats. I mean uh, that uh, France again were. 10 penalties it's the most by anybody but look, 10 penalties is is, is actually is, is kind of par um you most coaches are happy if you keep to single figures so 10 is pretty much nearly single figures so that's as, as bad as you want to get so for, for a round where no one gave up more than 10 penalties this was there was a very clean round uh discipline wasn't a big issue uh also set piece was great nobody lost more than one of their own lineouts um, as well, so why we've not sort of pointed out who had the best lineouts because that was also solid. Um, so it's a cracking round of rugby um, from those sort of pieces that, uh, that the coaches will be very happy with. I've, I've got to say, it's not often that you probably get the, the two best players on the field with the respective centres. Of course, Gail Foucault, or Ficou, who actually uh, ended up picking the, uh, the uh, man of the match um, and deservedly so. But boy, Hugh Jones, I thought, wasn't too far behind him for a big guy he can certainly shift and he knows how to uh, how to beat a tackle I thought he was very good I thought the French did a, a very good job in looking after uh, Van der Merve on this occasion they've obviously seen how in good a form he's been in the first uh, a couple of rounds or so but um, I just thought at times Finn Russell and, and, and Hogg probably outplayed by their uh, by their opposites when it really, really mattered in Intermac and also uh, uh, Ramos uh, at the back, I thought was very, very good for the uh, for the French. And, and you're dead right, Paul. It almost felt like they had Scotland at, at arm's length. Shall there I say? A, a, a big, big brother, little brother kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and boy, when when it did get tight, didn't they put some pressure on? Um, they they kicked long. They just changed their tactics a little bit. They went back to uh, some driving play and they just put, put pressure on um, in the air and just forced Scotland to play, play inside their 22. And then they made a mistake. And really, at the at, at the end of the day, that was probably just reward right at the end uh, that tried to go off a kill. Um, and that all just really came through uh, being being in the right place, playing the, playing the game at the right end. Yeah, now one of the things that people have been saying... Um about France is one of the teams that kick the most out of any team globe um, in, in, in world rugby. Um, and yet, if you look the opening round, they kick the least this round again, 26 kicks. That's not a crazy number by any stretch of imagination. Um, one of the things, if you've been listening to the um, uh, Eddie Jones has got his own podcast now, um, which is a cracking listen. Um, and one of the things he said about France was that they are, uh, look, they're, they're, they're reinventing or they're, or, or they're, they're trying to expand or, or uh, change their game ahead of the Rugby World Cup. So they're not as slick um, as they have been. Look, they didn't lose a game all last year, but um, they. Uh, but I think they are uh, trying new things out and we're seeing and that's slowly coming, coming together, which is um, uh, very concerning for everybody else when it comes to the Rugby World Cup that's coming up. Is, 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 there, a, is there a degree of foxing going on 
with the French at the minute, Paul? Oh, absolutely. Well, I think that uh, whether whether it's foxing or whether it's uh, trying to change their game plan a bit to become more expansive, um, you can. There's there's two ways of arguing about it. But yes, I think there is. Uh, I think there's you, you, there's a lot to come, and you're not learning, and, and uh, they're going to be uh, a very different team coming up the World Cup than they were last year, um, for um, for certain. Um, so there you go. That's the Six Nations. Um, I don't have the under twenties results. Do you have them there, Stephen? I've not. It's not a competition I've been keeping much of an eye on. I'll be honest. I, I have been keeping an eye on it. I may have the results uh, very shortly. In fact, I'm just waiting for this to refresh, and once it comes <laughs> up, I'll have the uh, results uh, for the for the weekend. Obviously, it doesn't. Work I mean, as fast as a how, uh, how any how anybody can how anybody can can accuse us of not being prepared. I don't know. Oh, plenty <laughs> can accuse us accuse us of uh, of not being prepared. And those uh, results, yeah, I've got those results right here from the uh, the uh, weekend. Of course, uh, England too good for Wales, thirty seven twenty one. Ireland 44-27. Actually, this could be the results from a couple of weeks ago now that I think about it. And France 54, Scotland 12. I think I think that was from the previous round. So yeah. No, no, no. Because no, so, they, they, they marry or, or they, they, are. They, they, they are the same fixtures in the main competitions they are in the, in the under-20s. So, yeah, that is the same. That is this round because obviously France played Scotland in the uh, uh, in, in this one. Well, there you go. Ireland... Um, um, England too strong for Welsh 37 21. Ireland too strong for Italy 44 27. So, although well, look like pretty entertaining games, and uh, France under 20s, I actually saw a little bit, bit of this maybe the last 20 minutes or so. France 54, Scotland 12. So, that was on the weekend, but of course, uh, still a couple of rounds to uh, come in this. Uh, in this competition, and um, I think Ireland and Ireland and France. Oh, sorry, France. Yeah, France and Ireland. Beg your pardon. The teams uh, to watch. I'm actually just trying to fresh the uh, results and also the tables, which I can't find at the moment. So I do apologise. All good. So let's um, before we move on to Super Rugby, let's have a quick chat about some of the news um, that's going on. Uh, so I talked about Eddie Jones. Well, he's pretty much had a coaching clear out, hasn't he? Um, uh, since he's arrived at um, at the Wallabies. So, uh, look, he's saying that, I think, oh, I forgot what he said during his, um, the podcast, I think it was like 1st of March or something like that, um, or, or, or by the end of March. So, look, he's looking at putting together um, his coaching team. Um, so a bit of shame that play, players, that some coaches like um, Laurie, Laurie Fisher and stuff have not been uh, kept on, but they've uh, uh, been doing a great job down there at the Brumbies. So, uh, but um, uh, someone that I'm not really that know much about, um, but um, former state of origin fullback Brett Hodgson is apparently going to be um, the uh, Australia's um, new defence coach. Uh, perhaps we should be talking with the guys from the standoff show. That's your about NRL, which is uh, on a Wednesday night at eight pm, folks. About him, um, but Stephen, anyone that you you recognise, or um, you should should the uh, Wallabies fans be concerned that uh, Eddie Jones doesn't have a coaching team at the moment? Yeah, listen, I suppose not. We, we, we all know what sort of character character is it. He is. He's larger than life, isn't he? Um, <laughs> you, 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 you've got to say, and um, and he obviously wants to do it the Eddie, Eddie Jones way, you know, Brent Hodgson, uh, ex-NRL player, player. Obviously, he's, he's, he's obviously looking for Either either 
maybe attack I'm, I'm thinking or a different way of way of attacking I can only assume it at, at this stage um yeah it's it, you know he's, he's certainly getting around you know we'll get to super rugby in a moment he's certainly getting around the games and he's also sort of putting it out there you know he's also mentioned a couple there's a couple I see a couple of NRL players that have uh, kind of been uh, mentioned in, in, in dispatches that I'm pretty sure Eddie would love to get his get his hands on. But, look, uh, yeah, only time will tell. I mean, it's some of the good things he's doing. He, look, he's he's getting back to club rugby. He's getting around the games. And what, one of the things he says is, look, if you you can watch games on um, on TV, but if you're watching in person, um, he said, look, a player might only touch the ball six times in the game. Um, so it's uh, most of the time that they're, they're playing, it's what they do off the ball, not on the ball, um, that, uh, that there's a reason you pick them. Uh, so, which is which was a kind of a, a real interesting comment where you're looking at work rate. Do they get up off the ball and get back on side as quickly as possible to be in that defensive line? Um, do they get angry when they don't get passed to and shout at their teammates? Or do they encourage them um, when another teammate drops the ball? All those kind of things are stuff that he's looking at when he's at games, which I thought was really kind of interesting that, yeah, that, that's why he's at so many games. Plus also he's, he's at the club, uh, at, at, at club rugby and stuff like that because um, it's, uh, again, he's looking at growing the, uh, uh, he, he understands that, look, um, rugby union is not, is, is the fourth kind of contact sport or rugby sport, uh, yeah, maybe fifth actually football sport if you, if you include soccer um, in Australia uh, and that it, that's, um, they need to increase that um, uh, the, the the number of supporters, uh, and he's making an effort to do that and connect with those people. And uh, he realizes that's part of the Wallabies manager's job. But I think it's probably perhaps where Dave Rennie um, didn't understand uh, culturally what uh, is needed from the Wallabies coach outside of coaching the actual team. Um, that's also why probably uh, Eddie's doing the podcast as well uh, to connect with. Um, uh, with, with with those people. Nocturne <laughs> um, Wright says Eddie will be disappointed with the fitness of the teams in the first week. Oh, well, I'll uh, listen to the show and we'll let you know next week what, he, what he's said. Um, other uh, bits, uh, interesting that the uh, Springboks uh, get looking at getting Nigel Owens on their World Cup coaching team. Look, it's not the first time that uh, international teams have had ex-coaches or oh, sorry, ex-referees um, uh, or current referees uh, as, as advisors. Um, but um, yeah, uh, so, look, good move from them. You want someone like that. But uh, to me, that's a bit of a, uh, by choosing it, uh, Nigel Owens, that's a bit of a um, kind of publicity thing rather than necessarily because I want uh, a, a referee. I, 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 I actually thought the South African coaches would have just advertised for one of these supporters um, as, a, as, a, as a possible referee, Paul. No, it's that it's that uh, it's that physio water lady that, that uh, <laughs> that's on the sideline. That's the that's the best referee in the world. Um, it's bad. The uh, um, that one. Uh, apparently, the LA Sevens were at the weekend, and the All Blacks um, beat Argentina. So, congratulations to them in that one. I, I have not kept an eye on the Sevens, Stephen. You seem to keep an eye on everything. Um, have you? Yeah, did you? Did yes. you keep an eye on the Sevens? Yes, I, I I did. I I actually um, caught the caught the final this afternoon. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time, and it was uh, and it was on a uh, on a screen. So I decided I'd uh, because the sevens only takes fourteen minutes or quarter quarter of an hour tops. I uh, decided to uh, to watch the game, and uh, yeah, good, very good victory from this uh, this uh, New Zealand this New Zealand team. Because if you if you recall, in round in round robin they were they were beaten by. Uh, Seems to be a bit of a nemesis for the the black, um, the um, 
sevens uh, teams this year, and that's the uh, the Samoan uh, sevens team. But uh, they came through in the end and uh, beat Argentina uh, 22-12 in the uh, in the final. So uh, good performance from the, the New Zealand New Zealanders. They also took out their uh, crosstown rivals across the ditch, Australia 33-17 in the uh, in the semi final and uh, earlier in the uh, in the uh, quarterfinals, they uh, beat uh, Great Britain 20-24-7. But just remember, in round robin, they were beaten by uh, they were beaten by uh, Samoa. But uh, the result of that win has uh, left uh, the New Zealand team in a very very good position. Puts them well and truly ensconced in first place, 100, 100, sitting on one hundred and seven points, and that's still with. Uh, um, not too many tournaments to go, Paul. I'm just trying to look through the list of tournaments to come, but unfortunately it hasn't refreshed. The next team is Argentina on 86 points. Argentina and South Africa both on uh, 86 points. So that's another 20, they've 21 points ahead of the, their nearest rivals. And Fiji, who have just slipped into fourth place, are on 84, but you would not count them out. You know, at, at, these tournaments, things can change uh, so quickly. And um, once again, uh, with this uh, New Zealand team, congratulations also to the uh, the uh, player of the tournament uh, uh, for New Zealand. And that's the, he scored two tries. That's Leroy, Leroy Carter, named the uh, player of the uh, tournament man from uh, Bay of Plenty. Plays on the wing for the Steamers, doesn't he? Look, get, but can play halfback as well. Yeah, look, there's... The both the Black Fern Sevens and the All Black Sevens both are both uh, after a couple of years where uh, it looked like um, New Zealand might be sort of slipping back on in the Sevens have really stepped it back up again and and and, have, uh, and, and are playing some cracking rugby and getting some cracking results at the moment. So well done to them. Um, let's move on to Super Rugby Alpaki then. Look, we're running long, folks, so we're going to have to um, zoom through this because we've got what is it? One, two, three, four. Uh, well, whatever it is, um, seven odd games. I think it is from. Um, six or seven games from Super Rugby and then also two games from Super Rugby, our package to try and cover um, and um, we're, 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 so we're running long um, two results over the weekend um, the Hurricanes versus um, the Chiefs 21-53 uh, to 53. Look, dominant uh, win by the um, uh, Chiefs Manoa uh, look, uh, they've never lost a game in their entire existence um, that includes exhibition games, that includes pre-seasons, games of three halves. They've won both halves. Um, a, a cracking team uh, that continued their good form uh, with that big win um, over the Hurricanes. They're going to be the team to beat um, yet again uh, in that one, even though they've changed coaching structures. Nothing seems to uh, to phase them. And uh, on they march. Um, yeah, Pretty impressive too. Um, quite tight at halftime, wasn't it, Paul? But uh, what was that? Uh, 52 30, 31, but uh, 31 unanswered. 21-22 so at uh, half time, but the uh, the Hurricanes didn't get to score in the second half. Yeah, 31 unanswered points. So, uh, yeah, crazy. Not helping their cause though. Uh, Crystal Murray getting a, a yellow, yellow card, which uh, um, basically gave uh, the. Um, the uh, Chiefs, uh, Chiefs Manoa, an opportunity just to score before half time, or else it looks like the uh, the Hurricanes may have went into half time with the lead, not for that yellow card, but uh, yeah, definitely the team to beat. And then um, the uh, Matatu versus um, the Blues, 
Now, look, I had money on the Blues to uh, win this one because matter two, whilst the, the uh, Canterbury have been the dominant force in the Farrah Palmer Cup over the last um, decade, uh, last year they were, uh, well, they, they were very disappointing um, in this, this competition, um, to be honest. This year, uh, a much better showing by them, rushing out to a 19-0 lead um, to lead and leading 26-14 at half time. Um, they stretched that to 31-14 um, uh, after five minutes into the second half. Uh, and then the Blues made a determined comeback. Only um, a missed conversion after the Hooter stopped them from uh, drawing this game. So uh, some question marks definitely about Matatu's um, uh, fitness, I think. And, and uh, that'll be something they'll be, well, it's difficult to work on in a short period of time. Uh, but um, the uh, the in a yellow card to uh, Remner on uh, 49 minutes didn't help things. Um, but that doesn't excuse um, that uh, giving up three tries um, and, uh, and a conversion uh, to, to allow a team. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market back when you've got such a strong lead student oh absolutely but i'll tell you what i thought the blues actually got real good value from from their bench the players who actually came on added a lot that's mully mully poor who came on she's a she's a back midfielder tara turner who we saw playing for the northern county in the 22 federal the Palmer Cup. I thought she had, and of course Fisher, who uh, scored the last Blues try. Unfortunately, uh, I do hate to want um, as two missed conversions. I, I suppose at the end of the day, with the difference, uh, Paul, even if she'd kicked one of them, they would have got them to extra time. And I almost felt that they actually they had the momentum at that particular time. But listen, I, I think uh, uh, Matatu had done enough to 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 win the game. But all around a, a good game of footy, I must admit, I was hopping between that game, that particular game, and also the uh, uh, Fijian and Drua uh, Moana Pacifica game. So plenty of tries, no matter which screen you were looking at. Yeah, I was driving and then obviously out the game for these two. So unfortunately, didn't get to watch these two live. Um, and with so much rugby on, it's been hard to catch up on games as well. Um, for me, so unfortunately, I didn't see those. Next up, though, next weekend, um, the Blues host the um, Chiefs, um, which would uh, be a cracking game. Uh, look, the Blues, um, uh, look, Battle of the Bombays, all that kind of stuff. But also, the Blues have been traditionally the second strongest team in this competition. So they're the ones that have played the, um, the Chiefs the most number of times. There's a bit of rivalry um, going on there. Um, so that'll be a cracking game at two o'clock on Saturday. And then at 4.45 on Saturday, Mataatu um, host the Hurricanes, 
boy oh boy um the hurricanes are in for a tough time there i think uh, in that one um but uh, that's round two in a uh, a blink and you miss it competition um so that'll be uh, so don't uh, so keep an eye out for that this coming weekend moving on then to the um super rugby pacifica or pacific sorry not pacifica get the right way around um and um Looking at the uh, the games here, we kicked off on Friday night with the Crusaders versus the Chiefs. Um, and uh, just like I've been doing for the um, Six Nations, I'm, I've chosen a bunch of stats um, to look at and uh, highlighted who is the best and worst each round. Um, and if you came into this round and um, I told you that over half of the red boxes would be for the Crusaders um, as being the worst team of the round, uh, Stephen, I don't think um, many people would have uh, would have believed me. No, not many people would have believed you at, at, at all. I, I must admit, I'm, I, I'm actually going to give myself a, a bit of a, a pat on the back. I actually picked this uh, uh, particular up, upset. What I didn't pick was was the margin. I actually had it at uh, uh, 12 and under. And I, I, I just, you know, I saw something in the Chiefs the week before when they played, played the Blues. They just looked like they had so much about their attack. Uh, a lot of variety about their tech, and I was just impressed with the way some of their their key guys, especially the likes of Brody Retallick, looked like he was heading back towards his his, his very very best. And uh, I think it was one of these games where they, I think they probably rattled the Crusaders a, a bit, Paul. You know, a couple of times they took took quick taps as opposed to going to the Crusaders' strength. Which is, a, which is a set piece, you know, the set piece structure, you know, they, they know how to how to defend. And I, and I think it probably just up the, the it, up, it upset the apple cart a wee bit and hence all those, uh, um, those stats you see in the red. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, Josh, uh, and rights goes, um, this was a great uh, advert for Groby and Christchurch. Um, and I've heard lots of people say how wonderful this game was, how much people enjoyed watching it. Then I'm looking at it going, guys, um, the Chiefs only won. Uh, um, not the Chiefs, the Blues. I've gone and got the. Um, the sorry, yeah, no, the Chiefs only won um, two out of um, six scrums. That is appalling. Um, turnovers. We had 20 turnovers from the Crusaders, 16 from the Chiefs. There was a lot of poor rugby in this. Um, yes, it was helter skelter. Yes, the pace was there. Yes, it was fun and exciting. But there was. Um, both coaches will not be happy um, with the uh, performances. Um, Richard Mwanga only 50% kicking up, kicking posts um, again something that you, you don't expect him there was a lot of rustiness in this game and I think you can tell the All Blacks uh, the All Blacks players have had very very short if any kind of pre-season at all um, Joshuani coming back in at 10 um, I didn't see that one um, to be honest I thought that uh, so he, I thought I thought he was behind Gatland but he did have a cracking game um, there Um and um, uh, Kane and Brody did have big games. Rights, it's the pace ball with skill. Mistakes happen um, at that rate. Well, maybe I think that's early season, um, uh, early season rustiness that players will uh, will need to need to get rid of um, personally. But there you go. I think that the Chiefs just had a really good synergy and just, you know, some of their key guys, their key All Blacks were very, very good up in, the, in, in, in the pack. You know, Takiaha. Um, he always gives you gain line. He's just got this incredible ability to just 
beat beat the first tackle. You know, we're blessed with a couple of powerful ball running hookers at at the minute. But you know, this he's probably one of the best, if not the best, in terms of uh, a ball carrying hooker in the world at the minute, especially. Uh, carrying carrying into places where there are no gaps, Paul. Um, you know, there's one thing to be a, a hooker where, uh, for example, somebody like Ash Dixon, who's not a big hooker, used to run great lines. But uh, Takiyaha just seems to be able to find a, a weak shoulder and, and, and find a way through. And I, and I thought Brody Retallick, boy, just starting to hit uh, some of the some of the form that we know that he's uh, capable of. You know, you throw in the likes of Tupu Vai, and I thought Jacobson was quite solid at the back. And even Sam Kane, apart from one real real faux pas where he uh, probably probably knew he was uh, uh, having a having a crack and might get away with it, but he didn't, um, getting that uh, card for, uh, for cynical. In the main, the forward pack, I thought, really, really laid the, laid the foundation. And, yeah, quite like you say, the scrums, weren't the best, but we kind of expected that. That's that's nothing new, really, when it when it comes to the Crusaders' scrum. But boy, the Chiefs have certainly put down a, a template in how to play the Crusaders. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and, and uh, Sam Kane did say after the game when when, when in post match interview saying, "Oh, look, you played the full eighty years. Well, no, seventy really." Isn't um, <laughs> that going to help to the fitness um, on that one? Um, I'm also going to um, call bullshit on uh, the some of the comments around that um, the Crusaders traditionally start slowly, and that's is a is, is, is an old cliche or um, or caricature from Blackadder, Blackadder's era. Blackadder, um, yes, under Blackadder the, the Crusaders started slowly. Remember, I remember them losing at home um, to the Rebels, the Rebels their first ever overseas win, um, for example. Um, but he here is. Uh, the opening game of every single um, competition that the Crusaders have played whilst they've been coached by Razor. Uh, and as you can see, this is the first time they have ever, this is the first time under him that they have lost their opening game. Every single other time they've opened, they've won the opening game of the competition. So I'm sorry, uh, it, it, it's a tired and old comment to say that the Crusaders are slow starters, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> Nocturnal White's, yeah, Crusaders' bulk was exposed because of the pace. Um, their set piece was upset by the ref having no time wasting. Um, wow, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's you, you kind of that's that's a bit. Um, I'm trying to think the Crusaders are cynical slow, cynical slow team. Uh, I'm not sure that's uh, um, maybe when it's the opposition ball. Uh, that's what they do. Yeah, you, um, you know, I was going to say, Paul. The other the other thing that we we we, we probably shouldn't forget as well. Boy, they're, they're missing a couple of world class players and. And, and Will Jordan, um, you know, we we could look to the other side and say what a what a fantastic uh, game Sean Stevenson, especially, yeah. um, and the outside backs had uh, he, he he was absolutely absolutely colossus uh, for the for the Chiefs. But um, you know, when you lose somebody of Will, Will Jordan's ability, and then of course Sam Sam Whitelock who pulled out um, leading up leading up to the match, boy, that's a lot of that's a lot of quality. To, to lose and you know and I think from uh, Whitelock's perspective just that just that leadership point of view yeah uh, but you're right about Sean Stevenson a player that we've talked about and said that uh, he uh, a guy who really stepped his game up last season moving on then um, the Waratahs versus the um, the Brumbies um, in uh, this one Brumbies look their um, efficient normal self seeing off um, the Waratahs uh, the fewest penalties so discipline was good um, the set piece 
working well. Sure, they lost a couple of scrums and a couple of lineouts, but overall um, working well there. Um, kicking 21 to 15 by the Waratahs are controlling where the game was played. Um, and uh, yeah, good game by the Brumbies uh, to continue to show that they are the top team um, over there in Australia. Really? Yep. Oh, very much, very much so. And I thought their loose forward trio of uh, Scott, Pete Samu and Valentini, especially, who always seems to get a motor over the game line. And when he doesn't get over the game line, you need about three or four guys on him. I thought they were they were pretty out, pretty outstanding and um, uh, new to this level of rugby as former uh, sevens player Tully out on the wing. Boy, he's he's got some wheels, hasn't he? Um, and uh, Looked, looked a very, very good player. I had a, a bit of an interest in this. Obviously, Jack Debrasini and Tamati Tua. Uh, Tamati Tua, who played for Northland in the um, Bunnings NPC uh, last year. Good good sort of solid debut. And uh, I thought Jack Debrasini, while he was on, seemed to run run the cutter pretty pretty well. Um, just in terms of the war, <clears throat> Waratahs before we moved on. like the look of Jorgensen as well. Another uh, player out of, out of, out of sevens. Um the sevens cut, but I, I do wonder if the war, the Waratahs actually got their loose forward mix right, having uh, two sevens on the field and uh, Charlie Gamble and Mike Michael Hooper. I thought it would have been better to have started with uh, Will Harris, the number eight, who I thought had a pretty useful sort of season for the Waratahs in uh, 2022. So for me, a bit of an odd decision. Yeah, especially as the, the way the game is going, you're seeing more locks play at six. Um, it's uh, yeah the, the two sevens thing I think is yeah is something that's uh, has seen its day um, at the moment uh, on on this one. Um, the um, moving on then to Saturday tomorrow Pacifica versus the uh, Fijian Drua, which is the game that I was at. Look, a horrible start by the Drua, kicking the ball out on the full um, just to start the game off, um, and then suddenly it's twelve nil um, after only seven minutes um, by. Uh, by Moana. And Moana, look, they needed to um, to be picking up those points because whenever the Drua got the ball in, especially outside of their own 22, anywhere from sort of like their own 10-metre line forwards, um, they seemed to come away with points. Um, so, uh, yeah, tackles uh, or defence um, for uh, both these two teams um, will be uh, something that's on their list because, look, if uh, it hadn't been um, for the horror show, um, of uh, the Crusaders' defence, these guys, one of these guys, would probably be picking up a uh, um, some red marks around um, the, uh, the missed tackles um, on that one. Um, to be fair to the Fiji, uh, the Fijian Drua, look, only nine turnovers, um, and that was yeah, so ball retention really good. Um, and as I say, whenever they got that ball in the right part of the pitch or in, 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 in anywhere forwards, um, they came away with points. So good on that point of view. Good line out from the. Um, one Pacifica, seven from 11 on the old scrums by Fiji and Drua. Yeah, we know Ford's perhaps <laughs> uh, in the tight isn't necessarily um, their biggest suit. And this was a game with the least kicks uh, of any of the games. So, yes, it was a cracking game to watch uh, as both sides were happy to hold on to the ball um, and try and maintain possession. Uh, but um, the uh, at the end of the day, yeah, execution from one Pacifica um, was they needed to get those put, they needed to. Every time they went into the 22, they need to come away with a try because the Fiji and Drua um, weren't going to give up the ball um, and uh, the uh, monitor just couldn't turn it over. Uh, essentially, it was a problem for them uh, in this one. Um, a couple of comments before we uh, before we hit uh, the, the post-match interviews? 
No, no, good, 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 good fun game. I'll tell you what, though, um, a real improvement in the uh, in the Drewers uh, line out. You know, there were times probably we watched them during the 2022 20, season was an area that they always struggled, seemed to get a bit of field position and then just basically lose the line out. So, yeah, it was great to see, but I really enjoyed uh, what I enjoyed about this game was their offloading. It was it was crazy <laughs> good at times. <laughs> yeah, well, here we go. Here's the um, uh, the, the winning team uh, first up. He says, and then he doesn't play. Let's try again. Okay, we'll try one more time to uh, to to get some. Um, the uh, video playing folks and if it doesn't then unfortunately i'm afraid we'll have to uh, skip those interviews and i have to do it from memory as to some of the things that were said um during that one um oh here's the uh the marvel version first yeah what is stanley his closest loss in the history of the club like is this a new feeling for you guys getting sort of robbed like that in a way um i don't think we we're robbed i think um the drawer deserved to win opportunities and uh, we, we knew that they were dangerous if we gave them the opportunities and we just gave them too many. I think we had opportunities to, we put them away in the first half, um, didn't control the game well enough in some key moments in that first half and a little bit of discipline as well um, allowed them back into the game. Could have quite easily gone in 19-0, 24-0 at time if we'd nailed our own stuff. So um, yeah, we're going to be better there. Yeah, there was that early sort of sort of strong period you guys came out of the box. It was great, but yeah, I guess didn't put enough points on the ball in the end during that sort of dominant period. Oh, I thought we put enough points on the ball, we just let too many in through through our own um, errors. So but I think we've got to give credit to the, the drawer as well. And, and probably first and foremost, um, what a celebration for, for both teams to, to play a game of, of that level. I think both teams have really stepped up from last year and once again that we belong here and I think both teams will cause um, most opposition some, some stress this year. With, in, in that first half we saw um, that sort of the, 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 the tap and go near near line which was dropped. Was it perhaps a little bit of um, getting sucked into the, the, the pace of the game and perhaps not uh, not enough composure to, uh, to today? Yeah, absolutely. There was a lack of composure and it hurt us. Yeah. No. Um, we, we, we talked uh, um, on uh, about uh, you had a, a debutante at number eight this year who's come in from um, uh, from, from club rugby effectively. Uh, it, um, most carries, most yards. Um, must be impressed with uh, how he stood up uh, to this new level of rugby. Yeah, that's why we picked him. So we got the one <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I thought he was just outstanding today. Um, really proud of Jonah. Uh, before he took the field, he, he really earned um, that number eight jersey, and, and he proved why uh, today with. An all-round outstanding performance. Got cut up, went back on, and, and gave us some more at the end. So couldn't have asked for much more. He did his part. And early disruptions. You two, um, uh, two to kind of having to replace your um, your props that you named midweek. Then to, to have them uh, up front. Both of those two guys seem to handle that, um, that that change that change very well. She wasn't a distraction for us. Disruption. I, I thought Chris and Abraham were outstanding coming in, and that probably shows how far we've come as a squad. The maturity for those guys to, to come straight in and perform at a high level. And I thought both Suetena and 
um, Noel were outstanding off the bench. I think both those games where we played their, their best game of footy at this level off the bench. So but lots of pleasing things for us as well. So yeah, so, so we're running, running um, long on time. So if you want to watch that whole interview, you can catch it over on uh, New Zealand Sport Radio's Facebook page um, there. But as you can see, uh, when I mentioned the composure thing, it was very much a, yes, we lapsed composure. Um, not happy uh, around that side of um, of their game, uh, I don't think. But uh, that they've unearthed a player that you had a chat with um, after the uh, Northland Club um, finals um, uh, last year. Um, Stephen Jonah, uh, someone who you thought um, perhaps didn't quite have the size for number eight, but uh, hey, boy, he had a cracking game. Well, you've got to eat a bit of humble pie there because we, we did see, you know, Jonah had an outstanding uh, club season for uh, for Waipu in 2022. And because of those outstanding club performances, was picked for, for, for Northland, but primarily as a, as a seven. And to be fair, he did a very, very good job. So I expected him... Uh, to be in that seven, but one thing he does, he kind of belies his his size, Paul. He's um, he like you say, he's, he's not the biggest, but boy, he just knows how to gain meters. So he's obviously power, very powerful through the the league. So uh, I know that his uh, family, uh, who I follow on Facebook, are, are extremely uh, proud of his efforts and good good luck to Jonah. Not just good for Jonah, but I think it's a good thing for uh, uh, the Northern Tarifa rugby, who he's re-signed with for the twenty twenty three season. Yeah, look at uh, uh, and it's good to see that more uh, are out there looking at um, these kind of players. Yes, they've got their, they've got some miracle over from the uh, combine that they held in the uh, Pacific Islands, um, but also to pick him up as well. Now Jonah's only on a uh, injury replacement contract at the moment. He's not even on a full Super Rugby contract, uh, but he's got the um, starting jersey. So if he keeps keeps those performances up, um, he won't be going back to club rugby anytime soon. Um, let's. Uh, Let's be honest with that one. Okay, so we'll try, um, we'll try again. And also, yeah, the, that disruption of losing both your props ahead of the game, uh, as he says, has shows that uh, uh, how far they've come uh, or so far already. Um, so one more to go at the um, the other video from uh, the drawer. Uh, very pleasing, um, you know, when you can come in your first game of the year against two sides that are in their second season and and, and really get stuck into each other and to come away with the win is very pleasing. Lots of lots of things we can we can do better and we can learn from, but taking the win uh, is is a great thing. To be to go down and have that uh, difficult start that you guys had, but to come back shows a lot of character in the side as well. Happy with how the, the, the they didn't have heads dropped. Yeah, that's that's probably one of the most pleasing things uh, for us is that that the the belief they're building in themselves to, to keep going and, and keep coming at it. They were really well led by my right hand man here, and uh, you know they got him behind him at the end there, and um, you know, that that just shows the character that's building in the team and the belief that they're getting in themselves. So that was very pleasing. And happy with how you players were. were I guess expressing themselves, so you managed to uh, the connectivity between the team and to go so to get those sort of offloads shows the guys were in sync a lot because you did a lot of a lot some some, some wonderful tries uh, out there today. Yeah, you said uh, we've been uh, through preseason for 17 weeks. We we, we both had and uh, we didn't start the game well, but then 
when we started to play the game, play our game, things just flowed and that's what you saw outside today. Yeah, I think when the when the bench comes on, you want them to come on and, and, and go, and, and they did that today. Um, I thought the, the two big boys up front held their own at, at scrum time and worked hard around the field. Um, and then, you know, uh, when Elliot came on, uh, created a, a little bit of urgency around our ball carry. And then, of course, young Taniella on the wing. Um, you can't ask for more impact from a young player in his... In his first game, then to score the winning try, that's fairly impactful. So it was great to see. Can you speak on the importance of his debut today and how much that meant to him and his team? Oh, look, it's, it's enormous. You know, uh, a couple of years ago he wasn't playing. Um, he just gives everything he's got, as you, as you saw out there. And um, on Tuesday, he was in our academy program. And, you know, through a couple of injuries during the week, on Wednesday we spoke to him and he became a, a fully-fledged and drill player on Wednesday. And uh, the boys got around him. I think they got around him as well as they've got around anyone. And it just made it easy for him to come over here and feel part of the team. And of course, he's, he's done what he's done today. So that's going to build great confidence for him. Um, you'll see from Massey's first game as well, like a um, couple tries, I think, how good to have um, a player of that talent um, choose to come back to the island like make himself a huge impact for his role. Yeah, that. I think that's the, the pleasing thing is like he's come out today and he's done really well but you know he'd, he'd left and, and pursued a, a career and he's, he chose to come back and be part of Indra and as we're building for the future I think that's a really pleasing thing for us and then to see him come and, and do what he did we, we know he's a talent you know, um, you know he played league he's come back he's gone to the sevens and then he's come back in with us and you know he, he has an ability to break a tackle there's no question about that and he did that today really well um, especially in that first half, you had a number of opportunities to go for posts. You didn't. You were. You kept persevering with the taps just five meters out. Was that a? Was that you reading the game, or is that a new tactic uh, or style of play you guys are trying to look to look to have? Uh, no, during the game, I felt that uh, after the start, they tried to let go, and I know that the boys had it in them to score tries. That's why I chose to do the tap moves because it worked. You saw, you scored a few tries off. Yeah. Thanks, thanks to the boys for working hard. And uh, very happy with the, not only were the, the boys up front doing the hard work, but also running in from 22 um, as well for a, for a try. So uh, uh, happy with that, happy with the, the, the pace as well. Yeah. <laughs> was it 22? You'd probably be halfway by the end of the night. <laughs> Can you speak to the importance of the support from the fans and the Fiji community and how much was it was great. The, the bus came in the, the driveway back of the road and all we saw were in Drew and Fiji jerseys. And it was really inspiring for the boys. Um, our Fiji community, they come out everywhere we are in the world. And it was great again today. And I've said many times to the boys, you know, it's been super rugby for 30 years, but it's only been super rugby Pacific for, for one year. And today we saw why. It's called super rugby Pacific. You know, the islands are on show today and they play their footy. They play to score tries, they play to enjoy, they play to entertain. And the crowds will come and watch that. Yeah, and Tavita, what's it like for you to have that support, like, even when you guys are away from home, like, yeah, to be so, so backed by, by the crowd? I think it gives us a lot of confidence. And uh, personally, I think we have the best, best uh, supporters and crowd, especially when we're in Fiji. 
and it's uh, pleasing to see when we come out uh, here in Auckland where it's their home game and we've got more supporters. So I think it gives the boys more courage to play out, play themselves, play out there and do their best. So how has it felt, you say, 70 weeks of pre-season, it's actually been in Fiji rather than in Australia. You're actually going to, get, you're going to have your game, all your home games in Fiji. How, how, does that, how has that felt? How's the, culture, how's the kind of atmosphere around, the, the, around the, the, uh, the squad been and what does that mean for you and the, and, uh, and the families? I said uh, last, last year was the first year in uh, uh, Super Rugby. Also the boys' uh, first year in professional rugby. So coming to the second year, I think the boys have adapted and uh, it's good to be home. Being a family, uh, last year when we were in Lennox, it was just the boys. We see each other every morning, train, then we go back to see each other till dinner, then we sleep again in the same same room, same room, same house. So it's good uh, now we're based back in Fiji and uh, we live with our families, get to see our loved ones, and I think it's good for the team. And having had the players, you say, professionals first time last year, this year, they've got that experience behind them. How much easier has that been for you to? Sort of, I guess, not have to zone such groundwork at the beginning of pre-season and actually get into real kind of real training you wanted to do this year. I think the, the credit goes to the boys for they turn up every day to get better and uh, they're well led. You know, we've got a great leadership group and uh, Tavita's been leading that all the way through and uh, we're a lot more uh, disciplined around our behaviours, uh, which which is just a learning thing. So you know, they've they've adapted well to. Living at home, um, there's, you know, it's a challenge when you first come home to, to, to get back home and then all your friends and everyone else has got one lifestyle and you're trying to adapt to another lifestyle. And our boys have really um, embraced that and they've adjusted really well. And they're only going to get better from it. And we'll just keep working away and helping them, um, education around uh, how to prepare and, and things like that. But the credit belongs to the boys for getting up every day and doing it. Uh, and the rest of that interview you can uh, you can catch again on the Facebook page. But there's some some I wanted to get to, to that last comment um, because I think there's uh, I, there's 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 too much expectation I, I feel on these two teams uh, when you look at that how a bunch of these guys have never been professional before. Um, last year he doesn't quite say it, but I mean obviously English is second language, but you you can tell there that there was a, there was an element of, of cabin fever. Um, last oh. year, the, the guys just being oh. totally around each other the whole time and not being able to let out no steam, and that obviously hasn't helped this year. A different set of challenges: being at home with mum's cooking um, and uh, having to <laughs> having to say, "No, mum, I can't eat all that stuff." You've got to look, um, I've, and, and learning how to be a professional. Clearly, um, there's more work to do there. But boy, oh, oh boy, uh, we're starting. It's uh, it's th th this is why this team is going to grow and grow year on year uh, because they, they are learning a lot. And, and I was going to say, there's something uh, something quite incredible to see a hooker, you know, Tavita Ikaneveri is not only obviously got the got the trust of the rest of the players around him, but when he can do inspirational things like bolt 20-odd <laughs> metres and outpace a few backs, that's pretty inspirational as well. Well, Paul, but you you are dead right. I, I just, uh, you know, just around the social traps or social networks, I thought pe people were very hard on these guys at, at, at time. Like I said, I always made the point, even about Moana Pacifica, these teams were were put together very, very late in the in the 2022 season. And um, boy, it's it's only year two. And if you can unearth um, unearth talent 
like Rakuro, who scored the, the winning try, come off the bench and scores the, the winning try. If that's the sort of uh, talent you can unearth or be inspired by coming out of a, a local village in Fiji, wow. I tell you what, all power, them to, all power to them, Paul. Yeah, look, as I say, one of their players came from the academy midweek and wasn't expecting to play, so that was one of their wingers. Um, now, clearly, uh, it's easier to integrate a winger than it is some other other positions, um, but so, but good to see that as well. And 17-week preseason, that's an advantage other teams have not had. We've just been talking about how some of the All Blacks have maybe had a week of preseason, if that. They've been in preseason since the beginning of November. Um, so from that point of view, uh, it's been, uh, they've actually got an advantage from uh, from some of the other teams. But uh, yeah, so but so good to see them put it out on the pitch. I'll be honest, I was a bit concerned from this year because the number of changes they've made in their team, whereas Moana Pacific have had like two new players and one of those is an injury replacement um, on the pitch. Uh, so, but uh, look, that hasn't, uh, they've, they've obviously that preseason has really helped them um, with that. Um, now, uh, Stephen's um, frozen up, unfortunately, um, and uh, we are well over time. So I need to crack on through. Um, oh, any, any other final comments, Steve? Because you've, you've unfrozen now. No, 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 no. All good. We'll crack on through the um, the other games then. Highlanders 20, Blues 60. Ouch. The Blues putting in a marker there. They are definitely a contender. Um, there's no two um, ways uh, about it. Uh, I can't remember how many All Blacks it was they had in the pitch, but it was something crazy. It was definitely more than 10 um, to start off the game. So, uh, look, a cracking uh, the Blues are definitely showing that uh, they are um, in it to win it, as they say this year. 19 offloads. Um, 10 line breaks for those 60 points. Look, uh, if you're going to get 60 points, you're going to have good attacking stats. Um, and boy, oh boy, they were there um, in droves. Um, Stephen? Yeah, no, listen, uh, exactly. And the platform laid up laid up front early and, you know, you, you pretty much go through the through the names. Um, the only two non-All Blacks uh, saw four. And, of course, Eklund, congratulations to Nepo Lalala playing his uh, 100th uh, super super rugby game. Pretty pretty impressive. Um, the only thing I will say, probably when they do come up against the better teams, poor discipline at times is is a little bit of concern, and, and that's those sort of un, unwanted uh, penalties or needless penalties, shall I say? That's 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 given away, and I suppose that's a, a little bit of concern. Um, other little thing for me at times, I know Baden Barrett, very very talented player that he is, but I, I just thought at times he probably um, maybe overdid the overdid the kicking. Where I, I really think you can you can learn a lot more about yourselves if you actually uh, keep keep ball in hand. You've got some big big running running forwards. In that particular team, boy, it was almost like the uh, the Barrett brothers got together over the Christmas New Year period and practiced did practice their grubber kicking because all three of them were were, were doing grubber kicks and cross kicks um, on the weekend. I've got to say, just from a, a Highlanders point of view, I tell you what, in a beaten team, I was highly impressed with Ethan De Groot and uh, also Jerome uh, Ainsley. I I thought those uh, two front rowers. We're, we're probably the best of their pick, and a good good shift from Putty Putty Parkinson. Good to good to see him him back. But boy, in the main, um, it doesn't get any easier for the for the Highlanders. I think they take on the the Crusaders in Melbourne this uh, weekend as as well, maybe even Friday night. So uh, not a huge turnaround for them, mate. Yeah, tough and poor. For many years, the Highlanders have been more than some of their parts, um, and so hence when we looked at their roster this year, we're like, okay. Um, it, it hasn't got uh, the star names, but uh, hey, we know that they, they, they put it together. Oh dear, um, perhaps not this year. 
um, could be what could be a tough one for them when you consider how strong the uh, Blues and Chiefs are historically. The Crusaders have been, um, yeah, they've got to be got to be worried with that. And also the um, the start the Hurricanes have made forty seven to thirteen over the Reds. Um, this one really surprised me. The Reds got a very stable team from last year. I really thought the Reds were uh, were going to push on, but boy oh boy, you've got to be impressed with the uh, the Hurricanes um, racking up that. Um, that score there um, over the Reds team. Yeah, well, like like most games, it all starts up front, and um, boy, I, I thought they just had an edge in in that particular area. Um, I just had a funny feeling the floodgates would would open in the in the second half, and that's exactly what happened. And I just found this Hurricanes uh, pack up front just far too much power. The new rules, which we haven't really spoken about, tend to suit the likes of your Artie Savia when he can shoot off the back of the scrum like a bullet, or when he's given half a half an opportunity around the rocks. Um, yeah, looked really really good. Cam Roygaard is a player that they're they're obviously. Um, a lot's been uh, spoken about. He looked really good in that uh, number nine jersey. And, uh, of course, Geordie Barrett there in the uh, 12 jersey um, seems to be getting better and better each time he uh, he plays. And a nice little cameo off the bench from Amua. Um, I thought... Uh, McRate, Fraser McRate played really well for the uh, for the Reds, and uh, a couple of good young backs as well. Son of uh, uh, Tim, is it uh, Tim Liner um, of Michael Liner, I should say. Um, I yep. thought played reasonably well at uh, first five, but unfortunately uh, um, for the uh, for the Reds, I think a lot of that game was hindered by by a lot of mistakes. We shouldn't forget this was played in 30-degree heat in North Queensland. Full credit to the person who decided to come up with that draw at this time of the year. <laughs> Not. Not. Yeah, exactly. Um, look, only 99 tackles by Hurricanes controlled the ball and, yeah, they had a great uh, had, had a cracking game there. Um, look, uh, Julius Sevilla now is on 58 Super Rugby tries, only two behind Israel Folau on 60. Doug Howlett um, there on 59 is the uh, currently leading New Zealand try scorer Caleb Ralph and uh, TJ Purinara both also have 58 um, Super Rugby tries um, as well. So um, that we'll see if uh, if they can uh, if either TJ or Julian can get past that 60 of Israel for now before the end of the season. Uh, it's probably looking like it. Um, finally, then and uh, look, Force and Rebels, two teams that we're expecting to basically finish in the last two places or at least in the bottom four. Uh, a, a midnight kickoff. Um, yeah, that's all. It was all too much for me um, to stay up and watch this one. Uh, I'm afraid. Unsurprisingly, the Force um, beat the Rebels at home. Uh, well, at home, I, I, I expected home advantage um, to be uh, the difference in this one, um, and they uh, they saw it home. Um, look, the Force, by the looks of things, with only um, 88 tackles to have, having to make, really controlled who had the ball, controlled possession, um, and uh, that was too much. Um, for the Rebels, um, who um, ended up missing 35 um, tackles here. Um, if the uh, Crusaders hadn't been so woeful, this is probably what we would have been talking about, um, is a lack of defence by the Rebels, um, who had to do an awful lot of defending, um, to be honest, uh, in this one. Um, and uh, well done to the Force to uh, get themselves a win in front of the uh, the uh, wave of blue that is their, that is their home fans. 
Yeah, absolutely. Just a, a bit of a footnote to this match. Um, Jeremy Thrush uh, answering the call, uh, coming out of uh, retirement for uh, Isaac Rodder, who uh, picked up an injury in a in a preseason game, and uh, coming up with the with the winning try. Thirty seven years years young is uh, is Jeremy Thrush. So uh, um, I have a funny feeling you'll probably get a few more games under the under the belt as well. And it's uh, I believe he's actually been over there for five years. Over at uh, over at the Western Force, so it just shows you how quick time comes, and that's coming from uh, his uh, period over in England, where he played for uh, for Gloucester. But all in all, not a bad sort of weekend, Paul. Yeah, him and Kahui have both settled in well out there, and are part of the rugby infrastructure. They're not; they weren't just the uh, kind of um, going there for the retirement fund. Um, Piece of work they've shown they've both got involved with the culture there and it's been fantastic and it's been very good for them um so uh so yeah great to see that wasn't there also there was somebody i think who um started one of the games who was um uh who was actually supposed to be the uh, academy coach um and then who stood up and uh, and played um i've gone blank i can't remember who it was due to injuries but um yes um we had a couple of these players having to come in late uh, and that's not right and obviously we talked about the replacements or late replacements for the Crusaders, like great presence for the Moana and Drua. Um, yeah, a bit worrying there from a player welfare point of view as to how many how many um, players we're going to have left available to play when it comes to finals time. Um, let's hope that uh, you know, we don't lose too many players to injuries and, uh, and they, they survive the, uh, the, the season. Well, um, I would imagine he would have been pretty fit, but it probably, uh, at least it wasn't the bus driver. That might have been a bit of a tough one. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> bus driver under the bus. Yes, exactly. Um, anyway, thank you very much, Stephen. We have run we have run over, so thank you very much for sticking around um, for this way over an hour um, plus show. Thank you, everybody, who has uh, joined us in the live chat. Uh, and a reminder that you can support us at uh, patreon.com forward slash Sport Radio. Um, and uh, we'll be back on or the... Uh, the standoff show will be back to preview the opening round of NRL on Wednesday at 8 p.m. And we'll be back here on Monday at 8 p.m. as well. So uh, have a safe time, folks, and uh, catch you all next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 